December 11th, 1845. Okay. The year of our Lord. Okay. Hi, Jose. Oh, wait. We didn't say the intro ever. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Just do it now. You're listening to the dollop. <laughs> this is a bi-weekly. This is like a live show. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I... Now, I reminded you of this not to get the credits. What? Go ahead. Dave Anthony, read a story. Oh, don't be sick. No, come on. I'm sorry. History. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To my friend. Uh, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the I'm sorry topic is going to be. I'm sorry about. I'm sorry. Fine. I'm sorry. Fine. Just the fun. The fun's gone. <laughs> I mean. The fun's gone. Don't do this. It's December 11th, 1845. Dallas Studenmeyer was born in Aberfoyle, Alabama, one of Good nine Lord. children. Good Lord. The the, 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 everything's crazy banked, so far. They banked an extra eight in case Dallas didn't work out. <laughs> That's what you do, though. Yeah. You get back then, you had to bank. <laughs> totally. You, to bank you got to have a bench. Yeah. Got to have a bench. Uh, when he was 15, the Civil War kicked off. Okay. So he enlisted in the Confederate Army. All right. Fighting for the... Good size. Good, good guys. He was already six feet tall, but officers soon discovered his true age, so he was discharged. What was his true age? Fifteen. Okay. It's okay. a little, boy a little young. A little young. Really wanted to kill people, he enlisted again using a different spelling of his name, and once again his true age was discovered, and he was discharged. Okay. Alrighty. So he, he wants in. Yeah, he's ready to go. He wants fucking in. Yeah. So he enlisted again. Alrighty. Finally, so there wasn't a lot of vetting when it came to what your name I was. I don't know how they it was do as it. difficult as just being like, "Here's a new name. You're a different guy." It's not like you had an ID back then. You just no. be like, "Hey, hi, I want to fight in the thing." God, it must have just been so. It's such a bizarre thing to not have that stuff. Yeah, like to just like you yeah, know, there was nothing, nothing. You could just go to another town and be like, "My name is Bob." Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. With a bunch of other liars. <laughs> I'm Dominic, and I'm Irish. Little do they know. You're not Dominic? Oh, God, I'm still in the bar! I mean, still in the bar. Hello. Finally, uh, they probably just said screw it, uh, because uh, Dallas was allowed to serve as a private in the 45th Alabama in- Infantry Regiment. So okay. they finally were just like, all right. We all right, really use your real fight. name, get in here. But shouldn't you just have to be over a certain height to fight anyway? <clears throat> probably. He sounds like Meatloaf in Fight Club. Just hanging out on the porch. He does sound like me. He wants in. Yeah. He wants in. But they should be like either either 18 or over 5'10". Of all the things that they care about in this era, a, a, an age yeah. a, like an age to fight in war doesn't seem like one that's important. So Dallas saw a lot of action was and was wounded several times. Okay. Two bullets remained in his body for the rest of his life. Okay. All right. So they just got stuck in there. Sure. A couple stickies. Yeah. When the war ended... Rib Dal- stickies. Yeah. What? Go ahead. Dallas headed west and took uh, a bunch of different jobs. He was a sheep farmer. Okay. He was a wheelwright. <laughs> All right. Do you know? Now or later? Now. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so he would be like a guy that now would work at like Goodyear or uh, just for tires. He fixed... They fixed wagon wheels. So okay. They would, like take the wooden wagon wheel and repair it. Wheel right. Like if you had a because it's not if like you a had flat a wrong tire. wheel. It's not like if yeah, like your wheel is wrong. You had so a wrong they, wheel. He would write the wheel. He go to the guy who writes it. Uh, he was also a proprietor. I write the be, wheels. I write the wheels. Unnecessary. Wait, he what? A proprietor? Proprietor? Well, that just means he, he just, owned some shit. Yeah, he got stuff. He was a merchandiser. <laughs> uh, well, That's a little vague. <laughs> the last couple are very vague. And he was a carpenter. Okay, Not but big. yeah, the last, the two before that sound like a fake job title on a reality show. Yeah. Uh, he lived in Columbus, Texas around 1867. Uh, now, at this point, he is six feet four inches, which is basically back then like being a giant. Yeah. Right? Right. You could just throw anybody or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, when the war ended, Dallas headed west and took different jobs. He could probably see jobs from another town. I already said that. Oh. Um, he was also known to be quite a gentleman with the ladies. All righty. And they liked him. Sure. Quite a bit also. He was handsome. 
He had green eyes and dark hair, and he knew how to dress. And he's tall. He's a fucking making shit. He's got shit, it all. Making shit happen. He's got it all, except for his views on race. He also enjoyed booze and had a horrific temper. Okay, all righty. Also things the ladies like. Sure. Well, the horrific temper? Yeah. They, yeah, you sure? Seems like... Okay. He quickly gained a reputation for becoming violent when he was drunk. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty standard. Yeah. Dallas was also becoming known as a shooter. Mm, to shoot a gun. For the basketball? Bang, okay. Bang. No. Yeah. It's out west. Shoot a gun. All right. Uh-oh. He constantly worked on his shooting skills and soon became equally accurate with both hands, and he always wore two guns. Okay. But he didn't was keep... that an uncommon look? I feel like... Having two guns? Yeah. Oh, I just think... I just think most a lot of a lot of the gunfighters would would just the one. use the one gun, but right. he became proficient. With well, you've them. got that gun sag we've all seen. Yeah, he's got the one. You're kind you're of cri- one you got side. crisscross pants of the gun belt. Total crisscross pants. Yeah, uh, he but he didn't keep them in a. He kept his guns in his pockets. Okay, so just kind of loose in his- that part. That part I don't quite understand, but yeah, he he kind of right. kept them loose. Okay, he didn't like the holster. Like to rip he, them out of the pocket. He, but even if you don't like the holster, you've got a. Well, you the thing about a holster is the pockets gun, are the gun comes out quick, but a pocket and not great for gun unless they're just always kind of hanging. Uh, out. I should stop picturing cargo pants because that's kind of what I'm picturing. No, they're not tighter. Cargo, not cargo pants. They're like tighter. A, 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 but still, there's no. A, what are they called? The dangery. Dungaroos? Dungaroos? I called them back then? Dungaroos? Dungaroos. Dungaroos? Sure. Or they had like a, a leather pants situation or maybe oh, a good. Chap. Oh, great. Uh, something of that nature. Right. Breathable materials. Breathable. Surely the smells for, were great. Best. Uh, so I've been drinking and sweating and my pants is leathery tight. I always... Whenever people talk about leather pants and how dirty they are I was thinking Jim Morrison because he apparently didn't change his pants for like a year oh you, look you, you don't That's where a lot of the lyrics yeah from. no you don't want to like have those we could do a dollop about his pants ugh so so he's become a shooter uh, legend has it that he killed a number of men when he lived in Columbus but we can't we can't be absolutely sure about that so. okay again because there are no records of anything in 1974, Dallas joined the Texas 1874. Rangers. 1874. Sorry, 1874, Dallas joined the Texas Rangers. Okay. And served in this, uh, as a second sergeant. After that, he left, and then he briefly lived in Mexico and landed a job there as town marshal in Socorro, uh, New Mexico, in 1878. Right? Okay. So he goes to Mexico, becomes, it, enjoys it, then, and then moves to New Mexico. Becomes a town marshal. Right, okay. Uh, when he was there, his brother-in-law, Doc Cummings, mm-hmm. who lived in El Paso, talked him into coming there and taking the job of marshal in El Paso. Okay. Now, Doc Cummings was pretty similar to his brother-in-law. He married Dallas's sister in 1874. He was also very large, enjoyed drinking, and was <laughs> prone to, quote, explosive anger. All right. A couple of pals. Be fine. Oh, Yeah. Surely uh, these two will get along. He was not a doctor. So... It was just a nickname. <laughs> I do love when people... Back then, they were just like, call me Doc. All right. I'm lawyer. Oh, hey, lawyer. Hi. <laughs> Doc. Doc ran a hotel and restaurant in El Paso called The Globe. Okay. Uh, the restaurant had a great ad slogan, quote, no dust, no noise, no flies. <laughs> wow. That's the no shirt, no shoes, no service of the yeah, Wild West. Then. No, they, back, this is like... No a, dust. No noise. You're a little dusty and loud. No flies. Uh, Look at this loud, stinky dust machine. Get out of here. So Doc was incredibly loyal to Dallas and liked acting as his unofficial deputy in El Paso. Sure. So he's like, he's like a volunteer. You know, I also want to be in charge of the police as well as a doctor. A little bit. <laughs> I'm a doctor and the sheriff. So El Paso is a very rough town and had a, a reputation for violence. Sure. It had quickly grown from a small adobe village into a bustling border town very quickly and uh, lawlessness came with that. Okay. So businessmen and leaders were looking for someone to come in from the outside who had a reputation that was as scary as the town itself. Okay. Uh, 
to control things, to like come in and terrify right. everyone into being behaving. Oh, oh, teachers here, teachers here, teachers it, here. This never—it's called the teachers here. Theory. This never goes wrong. Well, I mean, in this case, they're kind of just looking for a wash in a way. A little bit, yeah. So Dallas uh, was the perfect fit. He arrived in early 1881 and was immediately hired. They were desperate as Dallas was their sixth town marshal in eight months. Oh my god! So they're kind of so. This is kind of like the dangerous minds of a city in the West. This is not the job you want. How many previous? uh, Been spending uh, most our lives. Most guys last. uh, I'd say uh, four weeks, maybe three. Yeah, it's the shining of sheriffdom. (laughs) So uh, Dallas's first assignment. What's Jose doing? I don't know. He's eating something. What are you eating, Jose? Whatever it is that's in him. Okay, that's fine. He's lost weight. Uh huh. Look at him. Yep. Dallas' first assignment was uh, to get the jail keys from a deputy marshal. Okay. His name happened to be Bill Marshall. Jesus. So. So wait, he's got to go get the keys from a deputy marshal. Yeah. So he's got to get the jail but keys. But this is kind of this is kind of just like picking up your apartment keys. Kind of. But you also, but also in the way things are working, maybe Bill doesn't want to give up the keys. Okay. Bill's also the town drunk. Well, it sounds like he's going to have some competition. So Dallas approached Johnson and asked for the keys. Oh, it's Johnson, not Marshall. Bill Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Bill was drunk and he mumbled that he would have to go home and figure out which keys were the jail. I'm going to need a bit. It's time. You get some time and look at all my people. I like to put them on desk. This was prearranged, sir. I just put them on desk and then I'm like, which key, sir? You're the key. No, you're the key. And then, and then eventually, one of them was like, "That's it." I'll be back in an hour. I give him, and then I bring him. Door closes. Bring him to the. (laughs) Dallas was not (laughs) patient. Dallas was not patient. He said he wanted the keys immediately. Okay. <laughs> and Bill kept on delaying. Hey, yeah, we'll get him. Now, Dallas, as we said, is huge, and Bill was m- a much smaller man. We'll get to him, dude. So Relax. Dallas picked up Bill. Oh, boy. <laughs> and held him upside down and shook him until the keys fell out. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then cartoons took note. <laughs> and then he threw Bill on the ground. Jesus. So there's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, is that I, worth... Yeah. The point I'm making is... Yeah. I'm larger than you. Yeah. Let's just let's just stop for a second. What? Before we started. <laughs> Don't comment on this. You said, my feet are cold. I need to put on some socks. <laughs> and you scurried out of the room, and you put on some socks. Yeah. And you just took your socks off. Yeah, what do you want? I'm getting worked up. <laughs> <laughs> so this treatment of- Do you mind if I take my shirt off? No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> this treatment of Bill Johnson was exactly what the town leaders are looking for. They're looking for someone to come right. in. Who's Literally right away, they're like, good, good. Oh, yeah, good. exactly more that. Oh, you're a crazy Turn asshole. Turn him upside it. down and shake him. Not only had he handled the problem, but he humiliated the town drunk at the same time. Right. So things are already pretty tense in the town, which was a result of uh, constant problems between Mexicans and Texas Rangers. Okay. Recently, two ex-Rangers had killed two Mexicans and local Mex- Mexicans wanted revenge. Okay. So they hired, uh, these, these Mexican guys hired a bunch of, uh, uh, I guess. Vigilantes? Yeah. Hired, hired help. Okay. 75 Mexicans rode into El Paso. Wow. Three days after Dallas had taken over, looking for a fight. Okay. And justice, right? They wanted sure. the guys arrested. The Rangers, for their part, were mostly considered by the people of El Paso to be, quote, Drunken blowhards. Okay, fair, fair. So- sounds fair. Uh, in the town that day, there was an inquest being held into the killing of the two Mexicans. Rancher John Hale, who probably killed him, because they were found near his ranch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he was, of course, on the side of the ex-rangers. Uh, he did not like how the inquest interpreter was handling the situation. He thought that the guy was favoring the Mexicans. Everyone just had a short fuse. Everyone's looking for a fucking fight. Right away. Most of the whites in town were on his side, of course. Yeah. Uh, an argument broke out in the inquest, and then uh, it was adjourned. Okay. 
So some of the men went to Keating's Saloon to drink. As you do when an inquest breaks up. Yeah. Get right away. Fucking party it, on. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the worst saloons in El Paso. I X. mean, that has got to be saying something. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I mean, that's bad. It's a shithole. Yeah. Ex-City Marshal George Campbell announced at the saloon, any American that is a friend of a Mexican ought to be hanged. Okay. So he's getting right to it. This is like cheers. <laughs> Where everybody knows you're Mexican. <laughs> uh, the interpreter said he hoped Campbell didn't mean him. Okay. And Campbell responded, quote, if the shoe fits, wear it. Right. Sure. Now, uh, rancher John Hale, who probably did the killing, um, who also happened to be a defender. He was defending the man as a lawyer. Right. Uh, I'd been fucking drinking heavily at this point, so he shit-faced. So everyone's just... You really did just, like, kind of wake up and drink. Yeah, yeah. There was just sort of no, oh, like... Yes. I gotta clean. I need more juice. There was no thought of AA yet. Right. This was just, let's keep doing this until something bad happens. Right. So he's shit-faced. Right. And George Campbell and the interpreter are going at it. So he doesn't have a gun, John Hale. So he reaches over and pulls George's gun out of its holster. Whoa. And yells, I got him, George. And shot the interpreter just under the heart. Good Lord. So the interpreter's wounded but not dead. And then, and then Hale ran out of the saloon and stood behind a post because he saw Dallas come running up the street. Okay. Now Dallas, <laughs> Jeez. being a fucking expert gunman, Pulled one of his guns out of his pocket. Pocket. Stood and took aim. And then uh, carefully, you know, he had a long gun. Sure. Long pistol. Takes takes careful aim at Hale, who's standing behind the post, and then shot a guy who was just standing nearby. Uh, What about the guy behind the post? He missed him. Did he he keep trying? The cool things about guns back then is their, their aim is not what we are... Right, it's, it's not, we've, we've advanced. Yeah, wait, no, but in movies we act like they, you could shoot whoever you wanted, but right. sometimes you'd, sh- you'd aim at Hale and you'd shoot a Bob. Sure. Yeah. Duh, Bob did nothing! So he kills that guy. The idea that your post plan works out is pretty amazing. Fucking amazing, well. Can't believe that, oh, okay, keep going. I got a, ba- I got a bad feeling about our post guy. <laughs> so after that happened, Hale peeked his head around the post. I should then, have a little looksy-poo and see what's going on. And then Dallas shot him in the forehead. Oh, bad! So he's dead. Okay. Now, Campbell, seeing all this happening. Sure. He comes running out of the saloon, waving his gun, yelling, gentlemen, this is not my fight. But the wounded interpreter was laying there, and he was not down with that. Right. He's like, well, bullshit. I got shot in the heart. So he shot Campbell twice. Okay. He hit him in the toe and in the hand that he was holding his gun in. Wow. Uh, was he? I mean, I know. Look, I know he got shot below the heart, but the aim is... It's I'll something. show you. You'll be walking funny and not holding shit. <laughs> Have funny stumbling and dropping. So Dallas then shot George Campbell in the stomach. This is like Reservoir Dogs. And Campbell fell into the dirt. And as he was falling over, he yelled, You son of a bitch, you murdered me. And then he fell and died. Oh my God. That's crazy. So he's dead. It is. It is. Uh, you do want last words are important. Yeah, fuck that's yeah. a good. Always that's have, a good. Always have them ready. Cognitive. Always have them ready. Just go with brutal honesty. Oh my god! My heart's popping. Goodbye. So he dies. The interpreter dies. Uh, the other guy, uh, the guy, the random guy, Bob. Bob didn't make it, and Hale died. So four guys, so four dead. Uh, one, Dallas living. Three involved. One just hanging out. So the gunfight was a big deal. It was written about in newspapers all over the country. And suddenly, Dallas Stodenmeyer was a legend. Okay. He had killed four men in his first six days as marshal. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the gunfight by everyone around the country was called Four Dead in Five Seconds. Okay. And from then on, Dallas was known to get shit-faced and reenact the shootout all the time. Oh, God. (laughs) Now, everybody, come outside and show you why I did. Uh, we, so he's behind nah, the Dallas, nobody knew he was in the bar. Nobody knew he was in the bar. I run up, and I take aim at that son of a bitch, and I fire, and I shoot him right in the forehead, and he just dies. 
And then and then George come out and he's like, I'm going to kill you too, motherfucker. So I shot him and Dallas. killed him. And Everybody. Then, Dallas. That's, that's four guys Dallas. dead. Four guys Dallas. Dead. George must have shot the ex. Dallas. Bob. Dallas. Bob who's saying. Dallas. You just told that 19 times in a row we're closing. Everybody left. You're talking to a coaster. Dallas, get up off the fucking bar. I tell you about the guys. Oh, my God. I tell you about the guys. Oh, my God. So, over the next few months, Dallas killed about six more guys in shootouts while trying to make arrests. Okay. Uh, and El Paso's crime rate dropped dramatically, and his reputation just... It continues to grow. Yeah. He's William Wallacing the West. He really is. This is a fucking some cool shit, aside from the Sh- fact the that... The murder. Yeah. The town was now divided into two camps, pro and anti-Dallas Sudenmeyer. <laughs> okay. On the side against Dallas were the Manning brothers, who had been friends with George Campbell. Okay. The guy, you know. Yes. The Mannings were from Alabama also. Frank, James, and George, who was also known as Doc. <laughs> of course. Though, I love that there's two Docs. Dude, what, yeah. You can't have a town in the Old West without a couple. Of, there's only going to be one Doc in this town. It's another nickname shootout. Hey, doctor, doctor, come quick. There's been a Doc duel and one of the Docs is down. We got double Doc problems. <laughs> Although, unlike... Dallas's brother-in-law, Doc Cummings, Doc Manning, was actually a doctor. Oh, he was a doctor, so he was probably pretty awkward for him when he was around Doc Cummings. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah? I went to school to oh. get my education. Oh, that was stupid. Show... You should have just given it to yourself, dumbass. To, to sh- I'm able to treat people as... I can treat f- people. As a physician. I can treat people as... offensive that you would just call yourself... A doctor. Okay. Uh, how you about are not, this, sir? A doctor. Uh, how about this? Uh, my name's Doctor. No. So get out. Now I don't know what that means. You have an affliction. You want to know what it is? I, no. You're a bitch. I get out. I would prefer what if you would not use. The formal name... Dude, I'm turning my back to you. Get out of here. A doctor. Idiot. Shut up. You can't heal the sick. I can't... But whatever. Who cares? I'm a doctor. I can heal whoever I want. Heal you with being a dumbass. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to him about being a dumbass? Do not care Stupid for... Stupid doctor. Do not care for this town. Actually, can I ask you something? My yeah. knee's kind of hurting. Oh, yes. Come I on fell in. on it the other uh-huh. day. Uh-huh. I was moving a couple things, uh-huh. and then I, I accidentally stepped out of step, yeah. and I kind of... My knee... My ankle buckled, but it hurt my knee, if that makes sense. Well, maybe that's because you're a stupid son of a bitch piece of shit. All right, get out! He had actually been ed- educated uh, at the University of Alabama and studied in Paris. So he's a fucking highfalutin doctor. Sure. But he cut his time short in France to come and fight for the Confederacy, which most any reasonable doctor would have done. No, no, there's a few. There's only a few things that would make you want to leave France, but one of them is definitely fighting for the Confederacy. Yeah, fighting for slavery. Yeah. So uh, after the war, the Manning brothers vowed, all three of them, to never shave. Their, we we play football from now. Oh, God. never shave their beards again what? until the South rose again. So they are like the football players. <laughs> They're growing Super Bowl beards. But not even. They're growing... I mean, they they could have these beards forever. Well, they do, because it it never fucking rose again. So wait, wait. This is actually a story about the three longest beards. This is how ZZ Top formed. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I assume at this point they're pretty hairy. (laughs) So... They're going to be stumbling. They can't can't walk. Oh, we got to go to wagon, right? Beards in the wheel again. So, Doc Manning, you having a little reefer? What you, dude. Doc Manning, like Dallas and Doc Cummings, also had a terrible temper. Okay. So, it's three bad temper guys. Right. When he was practicing medicine in Giddings, Texas, he, had got, he got into a knife fight with the rival town doctor. Oh, my God. I mean. If anything brings you out of a saloon, <laughs> the doctor's going to stab each other. <laughs> They're fighting over who gets to treat Larry. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and that, that is the that is the thing. I mean, the second that you're done stabbing the other doctor, yeah. Oh, you know what? I got time this. to go to work. I got this. Time to go to work. Ooh, that is a bad one. He's bleeding. I real. Oh God, I've lacerated his liver. Hold on, I'm gonna need some iodine. Good lord, I should have brought my tools. This is a train wreck. Who saw this? What happened? Uh, I also love that there's a rival town doctor. Yeah, rival town doctor. So Doc Manning was also very good with a gun. Okay. Uh, Frank Manning had run tent saloons as the railroad was being built towards El Paso, as we know from Judge Roy Bean. Yeah. When the railroad did arrive in El Paso, he opened the Manning Saloon in El Paso. The Mannings were well known. By the time Dallas arrived, they owned a couple of saloons. James wanted to be a politician and had once run for mayor and lost. The Mannings were all huge drinkers. That's just all you did, though. Yeah. There really was nothing else. It seems like you It's just... like when a flight gets delayed. There's just nothing to do, but your life is a flight getting delayed. It seems like they just went west for the whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and if they were crossed, they were dirty fighters and had no problem using violence. And now they're upset that the new marshal had killed their friend, George Campbell. Okay. So, what to do? What are they going to do, Dave? Well, they kept getting Bill Johnson drunk. Okay. The guy Dallas held upside down and yeah, shook yeah. the keys yeah, at him. Keys. And humiliated. And they kept plying him with liquor and talking to him and get him, getting him more and more mad at Dallas. I'm. This is the only guy that I'm picturing animated. <laughs> it didn't take them long to convince Bill Johnson to assassinate Dallas. I should do it. I, he turned me upside down and he shook those keys. I should, you're right. I'm I not should. a purse. I've never been a purse. We closed two hours ago. <laughs> so they made sure he's good and drunk. And, and three days later, uh, after the four dead and five seconds fight, so it's just three days. Yeah. Uh, Dallas and Doc Cummings were walking their beat. So they're cruising through town. Yeah. And at the intersection of El Paso. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. Oh. At the intersection of El Paso and San Antonio streets, Bill Johnson was waiting behind a pile of bricks. Interesting. He had a shotgun and a bottle of whiskey. Why ready can for I... a party? Okay, he's so he's party. these. The whiskey is purely celebratory. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Well, who knows how this will go? I don't want to be rude and not have a beverage. I can keep the party going. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna shoot one of them and then offer the other well, one a drink. Why should I be sober? When Dallas and Doc walked up, Bill stood up and fired, completely missing them with the shotgun because he was shit faced. Okay. Dallas and Doc Cummings then shot him a bunch of times. Okay. Look at all these keys. But <laughs> keys just come flying out. <laughs> oh, that's how, that would be how he lived. He shot 18 times, but he's like, thank God I carried all those keys. Hit Each one hit a key. Ah! <laughs> Except the jail key. Oh, my God, I'm shot. But Bill wasn't the only one there to do the deed. Other people then started shooting at Dallas and Doc. Okay. Dallas was shot in his heel. These are... Yeah. This is what it was like, I think. The town orthopedist was like, cha-ching. Fucking loving it. Boom. But Dallas still managed, even with being shot in the heel, to run at one of the shooters, and then they all got scared and ran off. Okay. Now, Doc Cummings was becoming more and more of a lawman. Right, so he's kind of like hanging out as lawman, and then he starts officially becoming. Yeah, a I kind of felt like this was going to happen. That's how it happened back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. It's so, the security guy who wants to get on mic eventually. That's right. Yeah. So in February 1882, he was deputized to go with a Kansas sheriff to hunt down a criminal in Mexico. So now he's getting a fucking actual taste of the business. Right. right? And when he returned, he found himself in charge as the law in El Paso because Dallas. Went to get married in Texas, uh, and the chief deputy became sick with the flu. So now Doc Is Cummings, that how that works? Oh, how else are you going to fucking work it? Someone... Did they talk it, to each other? You got to hand it to a bro. Was a bro. Did a bro hand it, or did he show up, and he was just like, wait, Dallas is gone. Other guy's sick. Well, he's the next, right? He's the next... Right, yeah. No, yeah. He's but the, after Bill Johnson died, we're sure, out of... he's the uh, House Majority Leader. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, he's the house majority leader. So he, in, uh, oh, right. So he, he went to Mexico, blah, blah. Okay. Right. There we are. So 
he decides to take this moment now that he's headlong man in El Paso for however temporary it is. This is like when you make like a kid the mayor for the day and they start changing. I'm gonna take care of some business. Yeah. He decides to get rid of the Manning brothers. Okay. Before Dallas came back. Maybe it's like a honeymoon gift. Okay, because Dallas would want the Manning brothers. Oh yeah, Dallas is not like the Manning brothers. Right. So it is it is like it is it is like a hey hun. Yeah. While you were out. Guess what I did Doc first asked Jim Manning to drink with him, but Jim declined the offer because he was a recovering alcoholic. Who asked Jim to drink? James Manning. Uh, uh, Doc. Doc Cummings went over. Okay. Asked James Manning sure. to drink, and James Manning's like, "Oh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm a friend of Bill." Okay. Uh, but he did agree to quote sip some cider. Okay. And while they were having a beverage, Doc accused Jim and his brothers of getting others to do their dirty work for them, like okay. Bill, the now dead Bill Johnson. Right. Jim denied it, and Doc called him a liar. And then asked Jim if he was fixed. That does neutered? not mean that does not mean if his penis it was neutered or his, or his testicles. Oh, was he uh, fixed? That means is, is he, he holding? Is he armed? Is he holding? Yeah, is he armed? Packing. And Jim took off his coat and revealed that he was unarmed and said, "Quote would do anything to settle this in a quiet way." Here's what you say. Yeah. You don't say that. No. Ask me. Are you fixed? <laughs> To the teeth, brother. You don't want this right now. Oh, I'm ready to pop off. Pop off. I got more guns than emotions, and I got a lot of those. I came here to chew tobacco and kill people. And I'm all out of tobacco and ammo. I don't, no, damn it! Look, I didn't know you were going to do a monologue from your acting class. <laughs> Scene. Thank you. <laughs> The two men then went outside. Okay. <laughs> Why would you go along? Just as they walked outside. Don't go outside. Just as they walked outside, an innocent bystander passed. Oh, God. And Doc Cummings spun around quickly and said, quote, Now, are you not one of his friends? And the bystanders were like, I'm not. I'm just, just walking by. I didn't do nothing. I was just I Me. I, was, I didn't. Just walking. And uh, Doc Cummings allowed the guy to keep going mm. as long as he walked with his arms up in the air the whole time down the road. <laughs> okay. So he's watching that guy. Not chicken dance. As he does that, Jim darts back into the saloon. He got so distracted. By the guy walking by. was also <laughs> making the guy hold his arms up. So it's pretty easy to Don't go, go anywhere, Jim. I just got to watch this guy walk out of a uh, shot. All right. God oh, damn it. Oh, how'd you get away? So when Cummings went back, when Doc Cummings went back into the saloon, Jim had a pistol. He grabbed, got one. Yeah, hey, first thing you do. Anybody got a thing, a shooty thing? What can I get you? I need a gun. I need a gun now. Jim said, quote, all right, Doc, let's have the, we'll have this out. And both men fired their guns. Doc Cummings was shot twice. He staggered out into El Paso Street, fell and died. Trial was then held, and Jim Manning was acquitted. Yeah. Okay. That's foolish, Doc. Yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, had he not told the man to go, yeah, well, walk with field goal arms out of eye shot, he would have. You know, when you're trying to do something for a bro, give him a nice wedding gift. Yeah. Uh, you know, might not always go great. Mm, I don't think that's you're listening I, to what you're reading. I that's why I shop at Target. I no 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 no, no 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 for the best no no, no. gifts of all no. Newlyweds Mister and Missus Stodenmeyer returned to El Paso, and Dallas was furious. The El Paso Lone Star paper was a pro Manning paper, and the paper wrote, "Quote: The streets could be deluged with blood at any moment." The town leaders tried to make peace between the Manning brothers and Dallas. And two days later, the El Paso Herald printed a treaty that the two sides had signed. Okay. Quote, we, the undersigned parties, have this day settled all differences and unfriendly feelings existing between us, hereby agree that we will hereafter meet and pass each other on friendly terms and that bygones shall be bygones. Well, signed. they signed that's, it. That's the same treaty. It's good legalese, too. Uh, between Japan and the United that's States. That's what ended World War II. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it ended exact a lot of. Words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it ended a lot of wars. Yeah. 
but booze. And kindergartners sign it. The thing about treaties is there's also booze around. Right. And Dallas loved whiskey. Right. And that pretty much always led to total belligerence. Right. And Doc Cummings seemed to have been the only one who could calm him down when he was shit-faced. Okay. So, Dallas went on a bender. The local religious townspeople got a little tired of Dallas being constantly drunk and shooting at their church bell. Oh, man. But so fun. Oh, the Marshall. Yeah, so fucking fun. But so fun. The noise. Just getting hammered and shooting at a bell. God, why not? That's I mean, why you're in the Wild you, West. Listen, that's what you trade for having, you know, leather pant crotch sweat. Okay. That you can walk into the streets boozed up and just shoot at a bell. I don't know what that has to do with the crotch sweat. I'm saying it's a trade-off. Trade-off? What do you, why, would you, why would that be a trade? You got a trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas started publicly confronting people he thought were responsible for Jim's acquittal. Uh, just anyone? Yeah. And then, well, friends of the Mannings, whatever. And then people stopped coming to town and started completely avoiding saloons. Okay. So he's bad for Thanks for an interesting vibe. Now, the town council wanted to get rid of Dallas, but were too scared to ask him to leave. Okay. Well, they. I mean, they now they're like, "What did we do?" Yeah, no, monkey is, paw man. Yeah, they, this is a big. Well, then you could have seen this coming. Um, this always happens in the movies. As it, a matter of fact, a lot of movies might have been based on the story. Yeah, but they didn't have those movies. They're based on them. They don't have those to reference now. They're like, "Well, this should work out." Oh no, they'll make this as a movie prototype. I mean, I did halfway through my sentence realize that I was saying this is like a lot of movies, and then realize, well, that's because the movies are about this. Y'all want to go see a thing that ain't existing yet? It's about me. It's about me. Hey, y'all want to go see a wormhole in a forest? <laughs> go watch a movie about how this ends with us. What's a movie, man? I'll tell you on the walk. <laughs> so they passed a law. The town council passed they a L law. Passed. They all passed a law making it illegal for officers of the law to drink publicly. And if they got caught doing that, they would be fined. Okay. That's such an easy thing to do. Well, the problem with the law was that it was Dallas's job to collect fines. Oh, boy. So he just kept drinking. <sighs> and then I guess he'd fine himself. And then just, I mean, I, I can only imagine. Being what like, do I owe me? <laughs> wow. Who's going to get fined 10 bucks tonight and give it to me? I am. The one-man fining machine. Uh, so the El Paso Times wrote that Dallas should retire and produced crime stats that showed the city's crime rate varied depending on whether or not Dallas was drunk. Wow. <laughs> wow. Inebriated polls. Dallas responded by storming into the newspaper's office and threatening to make the editor leave town. Fair. Let's say he's drunk. I mean, this is what people are talking about. Finally, in May 1882, the town council met with the plan of firing Dallas. Okay. But Dallas heard about it and came into the meeting drunk, twirling his guns. And he yelled, quote, I can straddle every goddamn alderman in this council. Dallas, Dallas, let me talk to you about... Every goddamn one! Dallas, let me talk to you about threats. Who's the sheriff I am? Dallas. Hey, that's not true, I'm a deputy. Why don't you fire me, motherfucker? Dallas. Oh, shit, I'm the marshal. Oh, God. Look, spinny, spinny, spinny gun, what do you got? Uh, I just don't want to be straddled. Dear alderman bitch, you may speak. Will not speak to that. Go ahead, speak it, tough guy. You need to be fined. Okay, catch you around. So they joined the meeting, and they didn't uh, reach a decision on the whole firing the guy who was going to kill him. Yeah. But then... I can see that going awkwardly. uh, About a week later, Dallas finally sobered up. And uh, on May 29th, he realized this wasn't working out. Everyone hated him, and he handed in his resignation. Wow. Okay, so he really had a drinking problem. (laughs) 
No, he had a serious drinking problem. He had problem. a serious drinking problem. Holy shit, I did what? Yeah, when you wake up a week later and you're like, I should resign, they are right. Oh my god, I killed how many I people? am dangerous. Oh, good lord. So, uh... So they named his deputy James Gillett to succeed him, right? Okay. Now, for whatever reason, instead of leaving, leaving El Paso, Dallas decided to stick around. Mm. And he ran Doc Cummings' restaurant, The Globe. Sure. And then on July 13th, because nobody gives a shit about anything, Dallas Stodenmeyer was made U.S. Deputy Marshal for West Texas and New Mexico Territory. What? He fucking moved He got promoted? Up, <laughs> yeah, because... They don't know shit, and the, the fucking feds way out in the middle of nowhere don't realize what he's doing. So they're like, hey, the lawman's out of work. Let's give him a job. He's oh, good at killing the famous God. law guy. Oh, no. He kills bad guys. No. But he was on better behavior. Uh, he maybe cut down on drinking because of his wife. We don't really know. But all was well for a while. And the Mannings made sure to avoid him alone. So they would, if they saw him, they would make sure they were in a pair. Buddy system. But <laughs> it was the buddy system. <laughs> uh, but Dallas would still have his occasional drinking episodes. Sure, obviously. okay. And one day Dallas showed up plowed in town and went outside of the Manning Saloon and mocked them, daring them to come outside for a gunfight. Oh, boy. That just must have been so fun. Come on, you sons of fucking... Hey, I got boots! I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's Manning, still just out more there like lady running around, right? Lady, I mean, not Manning. Yeah, he keeps. Hold on, I got him to do impression to Jim. Okay, that Hi. first Jim as a brother that does not sound like that. You. And then that does not. I'm sound gonna like do you. impression of Doc. Hi, I'm a good nurse. Okay. Hello, that I like is to go rude. That is nailed it. <laughs> Nailing them out here. <laughs> Hours. Hours. So they all refused to come outside and fight him. And other townspeople came and tried to convince Dallas to go home and sleep it off. But yeah, he went he's on. Six, four. For hours. And finally, finally, he called the Mannings cowards. It did go on for hours? Yeah, that's, yeah. And they, they, he finally called them ca- uh, cowards and went home. Okay. <laughs> On September 17th... I'm going to get some jag in the box. <laughs> on September 17th, he was shit-faced again. Okay. And he went into the Manning Saloon looking for a wanted man that he heard was there. Okay. So it's purely professional capacity. Drunk professional capacity. But, but very professional. Right. Drunk, but he's doing his job. We need to make a show called Drunk Sheriff. He did not find the man. And then he staggered off to a brothel to get, to get some fucking done. Lucky lady. Yeah. But when he woke the next morning, he learned the Mannings were armed and looking for him all over town. Mm. Dallas, by being a drunken idiot, had broken the treaty by coming armed into their saloon. Okay. That's apparently not letting bygones be bygones. Sounds like he bent the treaty earlier in the streets anyway. Well, it sounds like, yeah. But, <laughs> the, but apparently once he crossed the threshold. Right, that's, that's a problem. Like you have to invite a vampire in. Right, right. The same guys who had come up with the first peace treaty then talked to both sides, and it was agreed another treaty would be drawn up, and they would sign it uh, again. No, they're yeah. being very good. Now you got no. Okay, all right. Look, well, yeah. If he comes in and signs a double treaty, then we'll be cool. I'm here. I'm ready to sign the double treaty. Oh shit! Here we go. So Dallas, went can in. I sign it with my finger, please? Ah, oh, come on, let me shoot him. And Please. For ink. Uh-huh. I'll be using... Nope. Ink. Okay. What did you think? I'm some no, kind no, of no. animal? I don't... Yep. Well, you want to know what the ink really is? What? It's just regular ink, you asshole. Okay. Could you... Could we not do this right now? Because but you seem slightly inebriated. Between us? Yep. The secret ingredient? Oh. Okay. Is it ink? Squid ink. Okay. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'll sign it. <laughs> I'll use a pen to him, so I'm being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes into the banning saloon to sign the treaty. Weird place to sign the treaty. Yeah. And I'm armed. <laughs> Frank wasn't there. 
And then Jim said, hey, I'm going to go get Frank. Oh, boy. And that left Doc Manning and Dallas alone. Mm. And Dallas said, quote, Doc, someone or somebody has been going about telling lies. <laughs> you. And Doc replied, quote, Dallas, you've not kept your word. And Dallas said, quote, whoever says I have not tells a damn lie. And then they pulled out their guns. Oh, no. At a treaty signing. But a bystander, a guy who was apparently friends with. Bystander's a big player in this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the one thing we've learned on this podcast is don't talk to white people. And then also, if you're a bystander, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, you don't have a name. But this bystander decided to try to stop the gunfight. So as they're both pulling out, they're, they're apparently so close to each other, he was able to jump between them and push both of them backwards. Okay. Uh, of course, Dallas was drunk. So he he started falling backwards. And at the same time, Doc fired. And he hit Dallas's upper arm, severing the artery. And then Eesh. the bullet ricocheted into his chest. Ugh. And then Doc shot again. But that bullet was stopped by some papers that Dallas kept in his um, shirt pocket. I'd like to think it was stopped by the very key he got at the beginning. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So that one didn't hit him. Yeah, but he said he's got a severed artery. But the shot shot had enough force that he stumbled backwards out of the saloon. Like an old-timey movie. Right. Right. A stunt. And so he goes into the street... And then Dallas pulled out his other pistol that had not been knocked out of his hand and shot uh, Doc Manning in the arm. Okay. And then Doc dropped his gun. And then Doc rushed at Dallas, and the two men started wrestling in the Jesus. dirt in the street. So they're in the dirt wrestling in Just the street. Just in a blood circle. Blood circle. And then Jim Manning came run, running up and put pulled out his Colt okay. and carefully aimed it at uh, Dallas. Dallas and then shot a barber's pole. Okay. All right. Oh, no one will know if I'm open. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and then he uh, fired again, and he hit Dallas just above the ear and killed him instantly. Okay. And then Doc Manning pulled out his other gun and beat the dead Dallas Stoudemire in the head with his gun repeatedly until Jim pulled him off. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's... He's a doctor. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I guess he could have a flair for the morbid, sure. Uh, Doc and Jim Manning were put on trial for murder, and both were acquitted by a jury, mostly (laughs) of their friends. Okay. Frank became the city marshal in 1883, but that only lasted a couple of months, and he was fired for shaking down a storekeeper and refusing to arrest anyone who was his friend. Okay. Jim eventually moved up to Washington State and died of cancer in 1915, and Frank was uh, put in a mental hospital and died in 1925. Doc Manning moved to Flagstaff and practiced medicine, but also died in 1925. So that was the end of the... uh... What's the title of this? Fucking drunken... I mean, the drunk shooters? I mean, it's fucking crazy. (laughs) Everybody is shit-faced, and they're shooting at each other all the time. Yeah. This gives a spin on the Wild West. Because, you know, in the Wild West, it's very romantic for the guy to come in and go, give me a whiskey. It's dusty out there. And he takes a fucking shot. But they're shit-faced. They're fucking shit-faced. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. just drunks with guns. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always funny, too. Like, if you, you know, when you, like, if you ever actually do this for as weird as it is, go out with people and don't drink. Uh, while they drink, yeah, it's a very strange experience. Yeah, because you're like, now, I'm gonna go now. Imagine <laughs> that guy walking around with fucking twirling his guns. Yeah, well, the thing is that you would like, you would not want to sober up. Why would you want to be sober in this time? No, no way. No, I would be drunk. The you whole would time. like there would be everyone. That's what I mean. Like when you go out with the people and they're drunk, you're like, hey, look, I should either go home or just drink. Man, I could go home sober and sit in my dusty shithole and look at a lamp. Yeah. Like, that's... So your other option is like, "Ah, I guess I'll just drink the weird juice everyone else is having. And then maybe shoot Larry. Yeah. Fucking why not? I'm just a bystander. Anyway, this is the period of time that we romanticize. (laughs) Let's call it... Let's call it... Shots, 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 shots. That's what a good title for this one can be. That's fair. 
we sign. Uh, we sign cars, and also, guys, go down to wagon rights. If you guys got a wagon wheel that's gone a bit astray, wagon rights. We'll ride your wagon wheel. Wit. We'll fix the wheel on your wagon, not the. Uh, I'm out. Cut. That's good. Not the chassis, I believe it's called. You just fix the wheels. I'm done. We will not. We're not chassis repairs. We also don't repair the top part, the hooded, the the big billowy white part. I've left the uh, microphone. I think I'm thinking of a. Is that a wagon or a stagecoach? I'm thinking of. I'm done talking to you. I'm all the way over here now. Woo! I'm shit faced. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this. Uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 